Back with us, former Astros Chronicle beat writer Evan Drellick, now up in Boston. He was with the Boston Herald. Now he's a Red Sox reporter and analyst at Comcast Sportsnet New England. He's moving up in the world. He's a network guy. You know, I'm just so glad, Evan, that, that you still love us and you still want to ha- hang with the, the smaller group here back in Houston. <laughs> well, I really wanted to be at CSN Houston, but I guess that didn't work out so well. <laughs> RIP to the CSN in Houston. That Yeah, that didn't go very well. And wherever you are, just good stuff tends to happen. Evan, like, what's your magical touch? You come to Houston, you, you get us into the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. Then you go up to Boston, you get them in the playoffs for the first time in three years. You, you send David Ortiz out on this big, huge uh, farewell tour where he has one of the best seasons of his life. Uh, I'm even going to give you credit for New England with the biggest uh, Super Bowl comeback in history, too. You might as well take some credit for the Patriots as well. I did have the good pleasure of covering that Super Bowl. That was a new experience for me. You know, I don't think I'm doing anything special or different considering David Price's elbow is about to fall off. So you might have a selective perspective here. Yeah, but you, you did trade for Chris Sale. That's also on your watch, so that's good. Let me get you. So let me get you and, and RGs, of course, with me. We're a little roundtable discussion, and I want to just get your thoughts first of all, Evan, before we talk talk about uh, around the league, uh, Boston, because of course everybody in Houston, that's one of the teams they're really keeping an eye on in the American League. How do you feel? Are you as confident as a lot of people are with the addition of Sale and that that incredible pitching staff that they've got? to go with a, a pretty darn good lineup. Are, are you pretty confident that this team is uh, maybe the favorite in the AL? I think they're the favorite in the American League East. I don't know if you can say that they're any definitively better than the Indians with the addition of Encarnacion and just as strong as they seem to be last October. You go back to the entry to the playoffs last year, the start of the playoffs. I don't think people thought the Indians were quite that good, but the perspective seems to have greatly changed because of that playoff run. But the Red Sox, to me, are still the best in the American League East, hands down. I think there's more of a discussion when you expand it to the league. How about David Price? You mentioned his name, and everybody is wondering what's the situation there. What do you? What's the feel that you're getting with David Price? How much concern do the people in the Red Sox organization have right now? Well, he has to have a high level of concern. The real question is whether or not this is something to do with the UCL, which would lead to Tommy John surgery, or if, if this is the forearm and just a four to five month surgery. If it's just the forearm, there's no trouble or extreme worry in trying to rehab him because you can do that in the off season. You could wait till October and send him for forearm surgery, flexor pronator mass to give you the medical term. If they're playing around with the UCL, if there's a chance that if this fails, that he's going for Tommy John surgery or, or should I say a high chance that he goes for Tommy John surgery? Well, then you're losing 2018 or at least a lot of 2018, if you're, if you're not going to do it right now. If you wait until May, if you wait until June to pull the plug, if that's what it ends up taking. And then you're not going to have him opt out after 2018, which was probably unlikely to begin with, but there's no chance that happens if he goes for Tommy John surgery. So it's really a question of what's the problem, that arm, and it's very unclear, and that it's, in itself should be a worry for uh, those who cheer, who cheer on the, the Boston Red Sox. Besides Price, who is the biggest concern? What is the biggest concern in Boston if you look at that team top to bottom? Well, health in general. There's a lot of health questions. Drew Pomerantz in the rotation. Stephen Wright seems to be okay, but both of those guys had kind of late starts to spring training because of injuries that people expected going into spring had kind of healed up. 
we knew they were in trouble at the end of last year. We didn't know necessarily that they were going to still have kind of lingering after effects going into this year. If, if it was about one player or, or kind of position, it's easy to say, how do you replace David Ortiz's offense in the lineup? And the answer is you, you don't. They didn't go out and get anybody who can do that. It's not even close to fair to ask Mitch Moreland to do that. So they're, the best offense in the American League from a year ago is probably not going to be the best offense this year. It's probably going to be the Houston Astros. Well, speaking of the offense there, Evan, I wanted to just kind of touch base on uh, what, what's kind of the status with Pablo Sandoval? Because, of course, he had that famous Instagram picture in the offseason where, hey, looking fit now after when he first arrived in Boston and being out of shape and uh, his spring training there. What's kind of his status for the season? And also there's kind of a consensus rookie of the year candidate with Andrew Benetene there that, uh, you know, he's going to be in the lineup now. You can't replace, like you said, big poppy Ortiz. I mean, just leadership inspiration but those two guys specifically sandoval had a great spring training in terms of what you wanted to see after a guy was a nothing last year literally nothing because he went for shoulder surgery after showing up the spring training incredibly heavy there's nothing more he could have done to impress you this spring to tell you okay this guy can be a competent player i don't think he necessarily could have done any more to show he's going to be a star that he's going to return to that level of play that he was in San Francisco, I, I, you'd be going too far to, to say you know right now that he's going to be that caliber of player that, that he once was. But he's looking good. I don't know if he can hit left-handed pitching. He's, he's switch hitting. He'd stop switch hitting briefly. Batting from the right side is a concern. Whether or not he ends up in a platoon at third base, that's something to watch going forward. As far as Benintendi, you know, he has as high a floor as anybody. And it's, yeah, he's a rookie technically, but I don't think of him as a rookie in so much as it's not like we only saw him briefly and he had limited success. He did very well in in the time he was up there, which which was not as long as as uh, it, it kind of seemed to be. But he retains rookie status technically under the rules. But he he's you know this is somebody who's done it just as much as any rookie could have possibly done. And I, I have, I have pretty good confidence in him. I want to get to the big picture stuff and, and get both of you guys thoughts on what's going on in the American league overall for this season. And the, the chalk picks, I, I think they're the chalk picks right now. A lot of people would just tell you, Hey, it's the Red Sox, it's the Indians and it's the Astros winning those three divisions. Do you guys at all disagree? Do you have anybody else that you would have winning, winning those divisions? No, the division pick sounds right to me but I, I don't think the east is going to be a cakewalk i think the only team that's going to be non-competitive is the rays i think the mariners will be good in the west i don't think you can dismiss the rangers the central is the only one i look at and i go well who's really going to push the indians yeah i i mean looking around at that i i, I do think like you said over in the american league east it should be the red Sox. although when you look at toronto i mean this is a team that's been on the playoffs the last couple of seasons and i, I know they did lose edwin and carnacion but that pitching staff i mean aaron sanchez coming off his season last year a, a potential cy young candidate marcus stroman had a good uh, world baseball classic and then you have like uh you know, still uh, Marco Estrada, yeah, Jay Happ from last season. So that's that's a strong rotation, and they still have you know a lineup that's you know with Josh Donaldson and uh, Troy Tulowitzki, even Jose Bautista and others. So to me, that that's a team to watch in the, the American League East. And of course, the Yankees, I, they're always going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Gary Sanchez coming up last season, at 20 home runs and in, in 53 games. So 
you know, the Yankees are in kind of this transition era. Brian Cashman talks about it, but they still want to be competitive. They still have that back end of the bullpen where you have Aroldis Chapman and Dellen Batances. Uh, to me, it's going to kind of hinge on the rotation and the young players coming along, guys like, you know, Greg Bird and Aaron Judge and, and, and those young players coming in the lineup along with Sanchez. And they did sign, you know, former Astro uh, Chris Carter and also Matt Holliday's on the roster. So it's kind of Yankees, you know, again, with a mix of veterans and young players. And, of course, Baltimore, you can never count them out with uh, Buck Walter over there. It's going to they have a great lineup and come down to their pitching. But what Evan was saying, too, about like the American League Central, one team I would still kind of put in there. I mean, a couple of teams. I, I know the Royals. I mean, just a couple of years ago, they won a championship. They still have a vast majority of the same team there. Tragic loss in the offseason with Jordani Ventura. But, but I do think that, you know, that's a team that you know, knows how to you know, get to the postseason. You've seen that, and they've got a lot of grinders on their roster. It'll, it'll just depend on their pitching. And then Detroit, you know, they still have Miguel Cabrera had a good season last season. Uh, Justin Verlander had a, a really strong season last season. Can he keep that up? They, you know, had Fulmer, you know, as a, come on strong as a rookie. So, you know, they have some interesting players on the roster. It depends what Brad Osmus can do. And then, of course, looking over at the AL West, uh, yeah, we're all kind of in consensus about the Astros uh, having watched them. But, you know, you can't count out the Rangers. The Astros have always had difficulties with the Rangers. And, you know, Jerry DePoto also with all the trades that he made in Seattle and, and they're making a push to make the playoffs this year. Uh, that that to me, he's like a fantasy owner. He just makes a, a b- bunch of different deals and moves. But uh, you, you have to wonder if this is going to be the year that even Seattle, are they if they don't win a division or contend in the AL West, if they maybe snag a wild card spot. You wonder with the Indians, Evan, and as far as the, their World Series run, how much a toll does that something like that take, especially on that bullpen? Because they work the hell out of that bullpen. You know, guys like Andrew Miller, uh, you know, the number of innings that he racked up in a run like that, you wonder where that leaves them. Now they add Encarnacion, the, the, the best player on the whole team, uh, <laughs> as far as offensively is coming back this year. And, and so you have uh, some things that would say, oh, that they've got some room room to do a little bit better. And obviously they didn't have uh, one of their best uh, starting pitchers in that uh, in that playoff run. But does it take a toll during the regular season? Yeah, it easily could. You know, the, the bullpen topic with the Indians in the playoffs last year is to me a playoffs topic. You're not going to see the Indians use the bullpen like that in the regular season. It's not sustainable. Even if you go back to the end of that World Series, they weren't pitching quite as well as they were at the start of that playoff run. Now, it's still an excellent bullpen with an open-minded manager, but I think that I think people get a little caught up in that, the, this idea that, that somehow kind of the formula that worked in the playoffs is applicable to the regular season. It really isn't, not on any sort of long stretch. Could you do that once or twice? Sure, but you're going to have a lot of trouble come... Uh, June or July, and it's it's kind of, you know, take the Marlins, for example, a team that decided this winter to spend on the bullpen but didn't really do much else. You're, you can't do it with just a bullpen. Now, the Indians are much more than just a bullpen, as you point out. I, again, I think they, you can easily say that they're the best in the American League or tied for the Red Sox with the, being the best. Stangrass has them both projecting out to be, I think, 91 win teams right now. That sounds about right. I'm a little skeptical on the Red Sox getting quite getting there, but sure, there could be a tiny hangover uh, for the Indians. I, anytime you, you go in deep in October, 
the same thing with like Rick Porcello, guy threw 220 innings last year, 50 more than he threw the year before. Well, how's that going to affect you? It's probably not good. I do think with the Indians, though, when when you're talking about the Indians, uh, yeah, the, the bullpen, uh, Terry Francona let you right up, and he's not going to use it like he did during the postseason, bringing Andrew Miller in in the fifth inning or something like that. Uh, and, I mean, regular season's a totally different beast. I, I do think the Indians, you have to look at their lineup, though, getting Edwin Carnacion and those 40-plus or basically homers that he can potentially hit, he has in the past. And then you have also Michael Brantley looks like coming back, you know, adding – so they did lose Mike Knapp in the offseason here, but I, I do think that at least their lineup looks to be improved. And getting back to the rotation, if Carlos Carrasco and Danny Salazar and guys like that can, you know, contribute along with Corey Kluber staying healthy, uh, you know, they're always the kind of a, you know, rotation questions coming this season. But uh, the Indians are strong pitching wise. And that's why, again, with the Red Sox and leading contenders and why the Astros are still in a lot of people's mind a notch behind just because they, you know, the, the uncertainty with the starting rotation. Yes. Yeah, the one complaint about the Astros is that they did not go out and get a starting pitcher and they're probably going to have to come mid season. You are correct. in you're in what you're saying about the Indians. I, I, did, I have no uh, argument there. I, I don't see it as a separator necessarily from the Red Sox at this point, just because the Red Sox offense was, you know, the best, anywhere last year and uh, losing Ortiz is huge. Adding Encarnacion is huge. And that's why it's kind of evened out, right. As opposed to going into that series. I mean, who was picking the Indians? Nobody. It's a five game series. Best of, you know, win three, you're you, you advance. So pretty much anything can happen. The Red Sox offense disappeared because the Indians pitching was great, but the Indians do and easily could have better starting pitching. Uh, I shouldn't say do, but they, they could have better starting pitching in the Red Sox this season. I'm not, Sure, that will end up being the case. There's a lot of upside and potential with the Red Sox rotation as well. It's really, it's a, I guess it is just a question of health for both teams. If, if, if David Price is healthy, if, like you said, if, if Carrasco can be healthy, Salazar, et cetera. What about you guys? Let me get your thoughts on wild card and who's coming out of the American League. To me, uh, you, you mentioned a team – Evan and Toronto that I really like in, in, in the American League East as a wild card team. I, I just I can't bury the Rangers as much as I would like. They they lost some guys, but uh, that's a really good organization, and they just seem to do some really good things under Jeff Bannister. So that'd be my two wild card teams. And coming out of the American League, uh, it's you know I, I I just can't I I can't put the Indians out of there yet just because. I think they've got the best manager in the American League right now. Yeah, I one of the other narratives that, that from the playoffs that just got me a little bit was the kind of over veneration of Tito. And so much as yeah, he's a great manager and he's he's great with the media and he had an open mindedness with that bullpen. But when it comes down to it, the vast majority of the credit for the way those pitchers pitched goes to those pitchers. They were pitching out of their minds, and, and I think it somehow translated into, oh, Tito, you know, the, the kind of, oh, shucks, uh, self-deprecating manager became the, you know, the figure of that team, and, and I get it, I understand why that happened, but it, it really doesn't, to me, speak to the reality of the situation. You needed the manager to be open-minded, you also needed the pitchers to be open-minded, and you needed the pitchers to pitch the way they did, which was phenomenally. Uh, in terms of the wild card and, and other teams in the American League, my pick is the Mariners over the Yankees. I think 
I like the Mariners last year. I think the Rangers are always going to be there. I am simply intrigued by the Mariners and easily the Blue Jays could be in that spot over the Yankees, but that's, Hey, it's a prediction. That's where I'm going. I'm going to go with that. I, I, like what you're saying about the Mariners, because I would think of them as well. Mariners, but I have the Blue Jays. Again. I just like that that starting rotation for the Blue Jays. So I, I'm going to go with them in the wild card spot. And then, of course, the division winners we've already kind of previously talked about. RG, American League, who's going to be in the World Series? Boy, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, Sports Illustrated cover from 2014 with George Springer on it. I knew it. I knew you would do it. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you about that, the National League, because, again, it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird going into a season where you feel like there, there's kind of these chalk picks and in the National League. Do you guys disagree that, you know, it's, it's the Nationals, the Cubs, and the Dodgers for the three divisions? For me, looking at the National League picture, what you're talking about with, the, of course, the Cubs coming out of the Central, the defending champions, agree there. And then you also, I, I agree about the Dodgers being the pick out of the NL West. Although the Giants, you know, they do have a very good rotation there, too. They're the top one-two punch with Madison Bumgarner and, and Johnny Cueto, and they still have Samarja and... You know, they picked up Matt Moore, so they have a really strong rotation. I, I guess my pick in the NL East, I, I, you know, with the Nationals, I, they win the regular season every year, the, the division, it seems like, and then they get to the playoffs and they lay an egg. So, yeah, and with the Mets pitching staff, I, I do like uh, Noah Syndergaard Thor there and, and Jacob deGrom, and if, if Stephen Matz can stay healthy and Matt Harvey with the rebound season, that's the one division – you know, I, I kind of flip flop between the Mets and and the Nats there as far as who wins a division, who gets the wild card, and then the other being uh, wild card, probably more uh, you know Giants and Dodgers battling out in the uh, NL West, and then a lot of teams sleeper pick being the Colorado Rockies because they they have such such a stacked lineup. But I you have to like the uh, being out here in Los Angeles, based in Los Angeles, and seeing what the Dodgers have done the last few years and. You know, having Clayton Kershaw, I mean, the guy last year won 69 ERA when he pitched during the regular season. He was out for two and a half months with a back injury, but he, he's just such an exceptional player and just seems to be getting stronger every season as a pitcher. I mean, he's just been incredible. So, uh, and the Dodgers are well-rounded team, uh, you know, good closer bullpen. I, I mean, to me, they're, they're a, a very locked and loaded team. So kind of what you said there at the very beginning, I think kind of like sums up the National League, but I... I'd throw a couple of other teams in there, too. My NLCS, I'm going to pull up my prediction here so I don't say one thing and then write another. <laughs> but I believe I have, yes, I have the, the Mets over the Giants. I, I Predictions for me, the way you're saying, like, the National League, it's pretty clear who everybody thinks should be the division winners. And I, I do at some point like to envision it in a way that kind of works out where it's kind of fun. So... I have a Mets Astros World Series, and I think yeah. I, have the, I have the Mets winning that because I believe more in their pitching, and we know pitching wins championships. Never hitting, which is of course a terrible cliche, which is not really true. Hitting can easily win a World Series, but uh, that, that's that's where I'm going. My my other NL division winners are, as you say, the Dodgers. I I really do think it's some. It's like there's a mini tragedy developing around Andrew Friedman because the guy just keeps getting close and he just can't quite get there. But at some point, I believe they will get there. And yeah, the Cubs, do I, you know, no explanation needed. I think the Nats will win certainly a wild card if they don't win the division. 
I'm kind of on a, maybe I'm on a Rocky mountain high, you know, and you can term that whatever you want, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Rockies. I'm going to have an upset pick Rockies over the Dodgers. One thing that well, for the only di- point for the division, for the division. One okay. thing that uh, Buster only pointed out, Evan, I thought was pretty interesting that the Dodgers bullpen was the most worked bullpen in all of baseball last year with all those starting pitchers going down. I think they had like 15 starters throughout the season. And at some point, you wonder that's got to affect the, the, the I, I have to just think about these bullpen hangovers and you, and you start wondering how that's going to affect. Cause those guys, if they're going out there pitching a bunch of innings at some point, you know, you start paying for that down the road. That, that, that was my point with the Indians, maybe that they're going to pay for it. Although I, I wasn't gutsy enough to, to take them not winning their division, but uh, I think that division's a, a lot more up for grabs. That that might be the most up for grabs division in baseball right now. Well, the, the AL West is, is, as well. I don't um, worry much, as much about hangovers with bullpens as I do with rotations because bullpens in general are just less predictable. So, I, yeah, a guy could be tired. A guy could just suck. But you always find in bullpens somebody, some new face somewhere stepping up, right? And then maybe – it doesn't mean it can't affect the Dodgers. It's just – the randomness that exists with the bullpen to me is, is that's always a concern kind of whether it's health related or not, you know, certainly rotations will will get me on the fatigue element, but um, you know, those guys are throwing fewer innings to begin with. They should, they should be throwing 200 innings back in my day. You know, that's that's what they do. (laughs) Hey, I want to kind of jump in there about that too, about the Dodgers, because one thing is they're going to stretch out kind of a, Urias this year, the their starter that they brought up, the the young pitcher, I believe he's 20 years old this year, and he's somebody that can pitch out of the bullpen or in the rotation. And, you know, right now they and that's why the Dodgers re-signed Rich Hill. Uh, they still have Kenta Maeda. They have Hinjin Ryu coming back. So uh, these are all behind Kershaw. Plus, in their bullpen, they signed Sergio Romo, and you know they still have Pedro Baez and. Uh, behind Kenley Jansen and, and the Dodgers have a stock farm system. And the thing that Andrew Friedman too, and that organization can do is they can also go out because of their depth and acquire relievers. And that remember that was the old Jerry Hunsaker and was with the Astros kind of, uh, you know, go acquire bullpen pieces during the season. So I agree with Evan that, you know, the most important thing is having the strong starting staff. You can, you know, and, and with Kenley Jansen at the back of the bullpen, at least, you know, you have a top notch closer and they did go out. The Dodgers did again, you know, add some piece to the bullpen and they continue, can, can continue to do that. See, the thing is, I just don't think they can win this year without Vin Scully. I mean, that's going to be a major problem. Uh, you don't have the greatest broadcaster on your side anymore. You had all of the, the adrenaline from the Vin Scully deal. They were win one for Vin. Maybe that wore him out a little bit, but you know, uh, just a little sarcasm there. But I want to ask you, RG, you, you, you didn't tell me who was coming out of the National League. Who do you like? You going to go with the Cubs? Easy, easy one. Cup. cup. Well, it was with Evan. I had a kind of the reverse there with the uh, Astros and Mets. I say the Astros get the revenge on the Mets this time uh, for for '86. Kind of like I'm spinning a different narrative there. So, <laughs> um, sure. But I, I, yeah, it was close between the. I, you know, either the Astros and the Dodgers or the Astros and the uh, Mets. But I'll, I want to I want to say the Astros get triumphant over the Mets in this case and, and get revenge for for 1986. But, yeah, the National League is going to be an interesting league to watch, too, because the Cubs defending their title. And like you said, there's a few super teams over on on 
in in the National League as well as in the American League. Evan, do you have any MVP picks? I'm gonna just I'm gonna make a huge prediction right now. I'm gonna say Mike Trout's gonna finish either one or two. Yeah. Uh, I I know that's uh, way out on a limb uh, because he's only done that his first five years in the in baseball. Do you have an MVP pick for the each league? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Machado in the American League. I think it's I mean, the guy's only 24 and he's going to sixth season. I, I think it's time. You know, he's already we already know he's great. I think the plate discipline takes a little step forward and he, he enters a new new realm of recognition. And in the National League, Corey Seager. So that's where I'm going. RG, do you got any predictions for that? How about Jose Altuve, RG? You got you to gotta yeah. say with the lineup that he's got around him, all of a sudden, uh, there, there's no holes. It's going to be, it's getting more and more difficult to pitch to Altuve. Now he's going to have Bregman in front of him the whole year and guys are going to more guys are going to be on base uh, at the bottom from the bottom of that lineup uh, Altuve and Correa with what they've got around them right now it seems like one of those guys could have a, a, a huge MVP type season can I just pick Mike Trout I mean it's so easy to do that every single year right is Mike Trout best player in baseball like you said one or two every year right so uh, take that to Vegas but uh, no, seriously uh, yeah I mean if you're looking at like with the Astros for MVP i, I I'd go more along the lines of like uh, Carlos Correa. I mean, NL MVP, uh, yeah, uh, Mike Trout. I, I it's just hard to go against that. Uh, but M- Manny Machado would. National League. Who did you have? Who was your National League? MVP? National League. Uh, Corey Seager was another one thinking up. But I'm going to go. If, if you're Colorado Rockies, surprising getting the wild card right there. I Nolan Arenado, third base. So uh, I. I'll, I'll go for that in the American League, make it a little bit different here. Chris Bryant, again, he's got everything around him. Yeah, well, Chris Bryant won the MVP last year. So, I mean, again, that's and, – and the Cubs are, are locked and loaded. Uh, great lineup. So, uh, you can't go wrong with a lot of these guys there. It'll be interesting to yeah, see. The, kind the, of how the only reason I, I don't like the Altuve pick is because he's not a power guy, and I think it's harder to see – you know, the, the average can go up and down year to year. We know that. We know he's an unbelievable hitter. It's just, it's, I think he's behind the eight ball in terms of saying, okay, year in and year out, can he be one of the absolute top producers? Because when you're not hitting for tremendous power, now granted his power's picked up, and we'll see. I think that's that's a question around the league in in a bigger picture. I don't know if people are talking about it quite as much. I think the first half was probably different than the second half. But I mean, you remember those conversations we were having? I say we, the general public, about is the ball juiced last year, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that in the context of only Altuve. I'm saying in the context of everybody. I mean, you know, like half the Red Sox lineup, like Jackie Bradley Jr. You know, is he going to be that again? There's, there's a lot of guys you look at and say, uh, you know, is that pop going to be there quite the same way it was a year ago? But we know Altuve is a fantastic hitter, and he was getting MVP votes back in 14, I, I believe. Yeah, when he was a uh, yeah, major league leading hitter. So, Yes, for the first time. The first oh well, was he just the American League leading hitter last year? Yeah, it's just the AL, right? Just the AL. I think it was DJ LeMahieu with uh, Colorado. Again, that team has a lot of bats, so that's why a lot yeah. of people are picking. It'll be all about their starting pitching. Final thoughts, guys. Uh, something that you're really looking forward to watching this year, or just a- anything that you've got finally on uh, this this year in baseball. Well, I always kind of like look forward to some kind of milestones, and I think right. It, well, a seeing uh, Ichiro saying he's going to play until 50, right? So I mean, he's only 43. We got another seven years of uh, I- Ichiro potentially in the major leagues. So I, yeah, I'd like. To see another 50 year old player in a few years 
But I seriously, I like seeing the milestones, and I think that Adrian Beltre can get to 3,000 hits this year. So, so that's something to watch. He's starting the year off on the, the disabled list, and I know it's kind of uh, verboten here on a uh, Houston sports talk to p- talk about the Rangers and looking for a milestone there. But Adrian Beltre, great, classy player, uh, the leader of that franchise, uh, and uh, you know would would like to see him reach that milestone, and then. Uh, I think also it isn't Albert Pujols creeping closer to the uh, 600 home run mark, if I'm not mistaken. You're going with Albert Pujols and a Rangers guy is the stuff you're looking forward to this year. Yeah, that'll, that's going to win you some points in Houston. Well, of course, then at my uh, yeah, well, then the Astros <laughs> and seeing how they develop over the course of this season with that, and and also Carlos Beltran coming back to Houston. I want to see that reception on opening day for so many years. I hope they right? pull him. Boom. <laughs> have some courage. Boom. They're all those boos. And uh, yeah, so uh, we want to see what Carlos Beltran and how the fans, you know, embrace the prodigal son has returned here in uh, 2017 to the Houston Astros. You know what? I guess if I were to look around the league and try to pick out a, a singular theme, and I think MLB would love me saying this, but it does seem like the young stars are a little bit more prominent than they were a year ago. And maybe that's because MLB is doing a better job pushing it. Maybe it's just because that's where the conversations are going. But I think you look at third base as one position. You just look around in general, there's a little bit more name recognition than maybe we've had in the post Derek Jeter hangover time or whatever the heck you want to call it. But, you know, kind of a, a clear changing of the guard in MLB to, to the point now that, you know, I don't know who is and who isn't a household name because, uh, you know, I, I think I've gotten so deep into this that it's, it's, it's just hard to know what, what are people talking about over their Cheerios in the morning. But <laughs> it does feel to me that there's just a, a, a more easily defined young crop of players who are star players in baseball than you might have seen a couple of years ago. I mean, these things are always cyclic. I'm not saying there's any reason for this, but I think you can point to that this year. I think that's a good point because, I mean, remember when Derek Jeter was retiring? Who's the next young star in baseball? It was you know, everybody about Mike, Mike Trout. And, but now, yeah, you do have, like, uh, a, a lot of great young players. And you mentioned, like, Manny Machado and Carlos Correa and you know, Corey Seager. You have all these great young players exciting for baseball. Yeah, I think that uh, haven't seen this in a long time. Athleticism also at an all-time high. and. You know, the thing I'm looking forward to most is the first time somebody points to first base on an intentional walk. I think that's going to be a great moment in in Major League Baseball history. So, hey, uh, Evan, really fun to have you with us and uh, joining us for the roundtable. And uh, good luck in Boston until you get to the playoffs and and if the Astros are are going to be uh, in the mix there. Hey, I think we got an Astros uh, Red Sox ALCS. I don't know if I mentioned that as my prediction, but I predicted that last year. And I predicted the Astros would get to the World Series last year, and I don't think that worked out. But so don't listen to me. Don't don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> don't listen to any of us, right? <laughs> That's correct. You guys are trying to jinx the band. You're wearing the shirt. You're going to jinx the band. Well, uh, great to have you with us, Evan, and uh, have fun this year. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net.